We started this series uh, a few weeks ago on the manifestation of the spirits of God and um, basically anchoring under the banner of uh, uh, the help, divine help by the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, my helper. And we have gone through several of these. We are in the, this, we are in the fourth session now. We have looked at the spirit of the Lord. We have looked at the spirit of wisdom. And last week we looked at the spirit of understanding. And what we are looking at this week is to look at the spirit of counsel. So we're looking at divine help through the spirit of counsel. Divine help through the spirit of counsel. Um, the banner we have been using ever since is the same one we are using. All that we are highlighting on it today is the fact that we are looking at uh, the spirit of counsel. Amen. The spirit of counsel. So it's the one that has the seven lampstands that we have looked at and we just have counsel. Thank you very much there. So it's the one, please put it back up. Thank you. Yeah, so we are looking at the counsel, the one that, has been, that we put at the bottom of the lampstand just for illustration. So we're going in a sort of a counterclockwise manner, and next week we'll be looking at the spirit of might and the knowledge and the fear of God. Amen. So we want to thank God indeed. The word counsel simply means to give advice or to recommend a course of action. To give advice, to recommend a course of action, it also means to warn a person or to instruct. So there are many things that is in counsel. Somebody said to give advice, Say recommend a course of action to warn or to instruct. Now, every one of those things is counseling, but when you look at what they mean, literally, they are very different. You can recommend something, and it means that the person really can decide to do that or do something else. And you can instruct, but when you instruct, it simply means that you are giving a non-negotiable uh, instruction or a non-negotiable word that needs to be done, you know. So when you instruct a child that this is what you must do, then that is an instruction. That is something that should not be deviated from for their own good. Uh, so it is very important we understand all these contexts in terms of um, uh, the, the, the spirit of counsel. So I really want to welcome you today because this particular manifestation of the Spirit of God is something that we must not make light of. And for those who are watching on LiveGate Outreach TV and uh, listening to the audio podcasts as well, either on iTunes or on Buzzsprouts, I want to say that the Spirit of the Lord that is manifesting in our lives today that will take us through this journey will surely reach you where you are in Jesus' name. So I want to encourage everybody to please stay plugged in so that we can truly benefit from everything that God wants for us. Amen. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 14. The scripture makes us to understand that this counsel we talk about is really of God. Proverbs 8 14, the Bible says, Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. How many manifestations of the Spirit of God can you count in that? Number one, Counsel, number two, wisdom, number three, understanding, number four, strength, might. So four of them in that one verse alone, just telling us about how the Holy Spirit manifests. He said, counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding and I have strength. That is God the Father telling us who he is. 
And we as a people must continue to reverence that. We were told by prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 that Jesus is also the counselor. Let's read that together. We read it every Christmas. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. The Bible says his name will be called Wonderful. Notice he didn't say his names. His name, everything is contained in him. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So we're looking at him being the Counselor. So God the Father says, Counsel is mine. Hallelujah. Jesus is called the Counselor. And then the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26. Let's read that as well. The Bible says, let's read together. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom... The Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So say with me, the Father has counsel expressed in the Son and is taught us by the Holy Spirit. So the father has counsel, he is counsel, he expresses it in his son, his word, and we are taught it by the Holy Spirit. Our connection point to the counsel that the father is and that he has is through the spirit of God, is by the spirit of God, through the word of God. By the spirit of God, through the word of God. Amen. So while it is possible to have access to natural counsel, from various professional psychologists and sociologists and people who know about, uh, you know, life and about uh, the ways of the mind, whilst we can have counsel from those people, people we call guidance and counselors and so on, uh, even elderly people who have experience of life and can give counsel in certain ways, it is important to establish that God warns us against receiving ungodly counsel. You see, there are two types of counsel. The counsel of God, we have heard so much this morning, that the counsel of God, that is what will stand. We know the counsel of God, and we know that there is also ungodly counsel. Now, many times, counsel can come in different forms and in different ways. We have to be very careful when we hear counsel to make sure that when we stand it up against the word of God, we are able to discern whether it is godly counsel or ungodly counsel. Hallelujah. So this is very important for us. So while it is possible to have access to all these natural forms of counsel, we must continue to make sure that we don't receive and we don't use ungodly counsel. The ease to which we have access to ungodly counsel is so rife in our day and age. The televisions will give you ungodly counsel. The internet loads people with ungodly counsel. And sad to say, even believers that are careless with their moments of time and moments of life can receive ungodly counsel and transmit ungodly counsel. The devil is working very hard to pollute the world with his own counsel. 
So God warns us in Isaiah chapter 30 verse 1, the Bible says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me. They devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. That they may add sin to sin. They take counsel. They are easy. They can quickly listen to palm readers. They can quickly listen to people who say things that they want to hear. But when it comes to me, says the Lord, they refuse the counsel. He said, woe to such people. We shall not be condemned. He said, they devise plans, but it is not by his spirit. He said, woe to such people. So we must be a people who are truly seeking for the spirit of counsel that reveals only the heart of the Father that is birthed through the word of God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to verse 9. It says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted, let's read verse 7, rooted and built up, Let's read together now. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with what? Thanksgiving. Now look at verse 8 very well. Read verse 8 loud and clear. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Verse 9 says what? For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When Jesus appeared, he came bodily, carrying the fullness of the Godhead. He said you should beware. Go back to verse 8. Beware. The enemy is trying to cheat people through philosophies. He is trying to cheat people through empty deceit. There are many people going about from church to church today who do not know that they have lent themselves themselves rather to the devices of the devil and are cheating people through deceits. There are many pastors on pulpits across the land today who are self-seeking, looking for their own self and aggrandizement, cheating people, deceiving people. There are the, the, there's the pollution today which is coming in the tradition of men. People using the tradition of men to try to rationalize the things of God. He said, beware. He said, be careful. There are basic principles of this world that people have brought into the church. The church no longer wants to be spiritual. The church wants to be carnal. The church who should go into the world and influence it is taking the world to influence herself. So believers find it difficult to pray. Believers find it difficult to evangelize. Believers find it difficult to apply themselves to the rigors. And if you are a church that wants to stand on the rigors of the word of God, be ready to go the long haul. Because it has become so difficult for the body of Christ not to be allowing philosophies and empty deceits of man. They will not catch up with us. In the name of Jesus. A great man of God, T.A. Mahon, said this. I like it and I'll quote it for you. He said, the church has been so seduced by psychological counseling for so long that anything that seems at odds with the current counseling practices is usually considered a consequence of ignorance. 
anything that does not look like the weighty things of psychology, those words that define people and put them in different categories, those things that generate the theories of philosophy and, and make things look deeper than they ought to be, when the simplicity of the gospel is presented, is now made to even look like ignorance. Hallelujah. When you say all that the Bible says is God loves the world and he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Basic, simple requirement. The people of the world will not take such counsel, such simple counsel. They prefer something that is deep-seated in philosophy and presented with heavy, heavy text. And so this servant of God said that the world, the church has been so seduced by this psychological counseling. Motivational speakers carry people much more than people who are presenting the simplicity of the gospel in our day and age. People who root everything that they speak in psychology carry more weight in the ears of people than people who simply present the word of God in the simplicity that it stands. We must not allow these devices of the end time to pollute us and to make us not access the spirit of counsel the way we ought to. The spirit of counsel simply uses the word of God to guide us in different ways. This is what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 to 17. He said all scripture is given by the word, the inspiration of God. Somebody say all scripture. Say all scripture. So when people say something is Old Testament and New Testament, I really get confused. When the Bible says all scripture, it simply means all scripture. Now, we know that there are things in the parts of scripture that were a type of things to come, no doubt. But the Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and all of it, somebody say all of it, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Say all of it. So when people come and tell me that tithe is Old Testament, I ask them, is that out of scripture or is it new in scripture? When people come and say that certain things are no longer applicable, I ask them, is it because you want to choose what you want to do or you want to choose what you don't want to do? Let us understand all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable. Somebody say it is profitable. I have been tithing for 30 years. By the grace of God, God sparing my life till September this year will be exactly 30 years that I started to understand the principle of tithing and to, to, to begin to apply it in my own life. It has never failed me one day. The devil that will make me outgrow it has not been born. Has not been born. It is the secret of my life. It is the secret of your finances. It is what makes your finances untouchable by the devil. I have practiced it, I have learned it, I have taught it, and I know that what the devil is doing in this day and age is to try to rob the believer folk of what can help them to truly be established. Let us not buy his lie. It's just one of the things. There are so many things that are going on today. There is no human being that can love a church congregation more than the pastor of that church. Any human being in any congregation that says he loves the people more than the pastor called of God to be pastor over that church is nothing but a deceiver. It's a cheat, it's a fraud. 
We must understand God in the book of Revelation. The Bible says God spoke to all the angels of the churches who we know are the pastors of the churches. He said, right, tell them this is what they should tell the church. It is mandated by God that everyone he sets up as a servant over his servant over or an under shepherd over a congregation takes the responsibility of the person who cares for the uh, who who cares for the, the sheep, who tends the sheep, who feeds the sheep. Paul said that Jesus said to John, he said, Do you love? He said to Peter, Do you love me? Do you love me? He said, Feed my sheep. He said, do you love me? He said, tend my lamb. He said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. Everyone or everyone instruction given to Peter is what Peter went ahead to do right from Acts chapter 2 after the Holy Spirit came and the church was born. We must all understand that everyone going about from place to place today deceiving people with doctrines, going on the internet, deceiving people. Some people are even deceiving people and trying to tell them that it is no longer important to be in a church just because we all have the spirit of God in our minds. And people are buying these demonic counsels. This is why the devil is buffeting people left, right and center the way he likes Because he knows that the body of Christ is simply buying his lies. We will not buy his lies. We will not buy his lies. In the name of Jesus. If we allow the spirit of counsel to work in us, we, number one thing I want you to know is that you will be blessed. I say you will be blessed. Psalm 1 verse 1. We read it earlier. I'll quickly go through it. Verse 1 to verse 3. Let's go. He said, blessed is the man who what? Walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. I want to ponder over verse 1 again. Friends, there are many people who today are godly, are ungodly, godly people ungodly, godly people. If I can use those words together. You know them as godly, but they are completely ungodly by their actions. They are scorners. They are people who undermine the things that are of the Lord. They are people who disabuse the minds of others from the things that are planted of God. The Bible says, go back to verse 1, please. The Bible says, blessed is the man. If you want to enjoy the blessings of the spirit of counsel, You must not stand in the counsel of the ungodly. The counsel of the ungodly is so subtle. Let us know how to decipher when the person comes and he chit-chats. Have you heard? Hey, 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 you say what? Please, ungodly, I don't want it. I don't want it. The Bible says don't stand in the path of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. There are many people who are scorners today. They scorn everything that is good. Everything that is of God. We must be careful that we continue to allow the spirit of counsel to prevail. The spirit of counsel will prevail in your life. In the name of Jesus. Verse 3 said, when you are blessed in this way, verse 3, you shall be like a tree. What? Planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I say whatever you do will prosper. In the name of Jesus. 
when you are in godly counsel, what happens is that you are planted and you are always blossoming. They throw you in every situation of life, you are always prospering because what is coming to you is a direct revelation of the spirit of counsel. So by the spirit of counsel, number one, we are blessed. Number two, by the spirit of counsel, we gain stability in life. This is very tied to what I just said, but I want to make it a separate classification. We gain stability. Psalms 33 verse 11. Psalms 33 verse 11. Let's go. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. The counsel of the Lord in the heart of a man is what stands forever. When God gives you his counsel, you must hold on to it. Never waver from it. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah 46. I'm just giving you some scriptures now. Isaiah 46 verse 9. He said, what? Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. What do I do? Verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, things that are not yet done. Seeing my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. The counsel of the Lord will stand in your life. In the name of Jesus. I want you to understand this thing. Whatever God says to you, Hold on to it. Whatever God says to you, however you receive the counsel of God, hold on to it. It will remain your standing point and your refuge every challenge of life that you face. Because challenges will come. Perilous times will come. The Bible says they will come. Jesus says that in this world we will have tribulation. But it is the counsel of God that we have which says to us that we should be of good cheer that he has overcome that will keep us enduring through those challenges. Look at Proverbs 21 verse 30. Proverbs 21 verse 30. He said, there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. None of those things can be against him. Amen. I say none of them will be against his counsel in your life. In the name of Jesus. So we need to know how to hear the counsel of God. I used to look at my life many times and I wonder if I have not, I have not been a person that have had the counsel of God by privilege ever since I was a child. Where would I have been today? Where would I have been today? The person you see standing in front of you who by the grace of God walked as God commanded four and a half years ago thereabouts to start this ministry did not start ministry because of something of five years ago. This ministry is not five years ago. This ministry is not even 20 years ago. I was five years old when God first spoke to me. You heard it on the day of dedication, those of you that were here, and also those that may have listened to it on the internet. I was only five years old. The very first day God said to me, he sent Jesus to me, he came and picked me up, and he said to me, he said, you asked to see heaven when you were in Sunday school, which was a prayer I prayed. I said, if I could see what this heaven is, I would really like it. He said, you asked to see heaven. He said, I would have taken you there now. He said, but I have an assignment for you here on earth. And I never forgot that. I told my mother. My mother said to me, keep it to your heart and all that. And I went through life. But I remember those things so vividly today. And so when I face challenges and battles of ministry and things, they make no meaning to me in the sense that I know that the roots are much deeper than what I can see today. 
Praise the Lord. And so as a person, you must learn how to tap into the deep counsel of God for your life, for your marriage, for your job, for your ministry, for your spouse, for your children. What is the counsel of God you have for your children? Because you will see things that will go against it from time to time. But the Bible says none of those wisdoms or understandings or counsel against the Lord in you shall stand. Hallelujah. Amen. It is so important for us to be a people who are constantly, constantly walking in the counsel of God. Amen. Let us look at Paul's example in Acts 27. Acts 27. You see, Paul was a man that took the counsel of God very seriously. Many times we will hear, after God said separate, in Acts 13, God said separate to me, Paul and Barnabas for the work for which I've called them. Saul and Barnabas for the work I've called them. And then they went ahead to go. And uh, many other times, we read in Acts 16, somebody came and said to him, a man of Macedonia said, come and help us. And he went there. Paul was always looking for the counsel of God. So at a time, he warned the people that were with him that let us not sail from Crete. But the people felt they should just go. Now, they started to sail and then their boat was almost capsizing. Their ship was almost capsizing. And Paul remembered that he had counsel from God through an angel who told him, that nothing will happen to, the ship, to, to their lives, only the ship will partly be destroyed. And look at what he said in Acts 27, verse 22. He said, Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and serve. Saying what, verse 24, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be. Somebody say, you must be. be. He said, you must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Verse 25, let's read verse 25 together. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. For I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. This is why you must keep pressing into the spirit of counsel to know exactly what God has told you. That is what will keep you in the day of adversity. The Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It means your access to the counsel of God is limited. Your inner man is empowered by your access to remembering what was told you. How many times do you know that, how many times have you thought of the fact that when you are giving a note to a place and you are told that when you get there, this is what uh, you, will, you will be able to benefit. This is the privilege you will be able to have. And then you get there and somebody is trying to tell you that you don't have access to it. You know, you keep having confidence to say, no, I was given this Voucher. I was given this note that I have right to collect something here. How many of you have been in that situation? And you say it persistently until they say, oh yeah, we didn't read it well. We're very sorry. This is what you ought to have. Amen. 
It's the same thing. What has been told you, what has been given to you, you must never let go of. Paul said, don't, don't worry yourself. God has assured me that I will be preaching. God has assured me that I will be brought before Caesar. No doubt. He said, all those who sail with me will also be saved. So he said, none of us here will die. He said, just take heart. Take heart, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Hallelujah. And as a church, I want you to know everything you have heard me say on this altar. Just hold the fort. Hold the fort. Keep holding the fort. Because it will happen just as it was told me. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, a day is coming in this church when you don't get to church by 9.30. You will find it very difficult to park. You will park on Green Lane or on Stafford Road and have to walk a long way. It will happen in this building, in this church, in our times. In the name of Jesus. The devil is so mad about it that he's doing everything he can. But he has come too late as usual. Hallelujah. So I want you to take heart. Believe God. Because it will be just as it was told me. In the name of Jesus. We all need to know how to keep holding forth. Whatever you have as a word for your life. Whatever you have as a word for your family. Never give up. Those of you who have raised children and you have raised them through different stages, you know that things can happen. Children between the ages of 1 and 5 is a very different ball game from 6 to 10. And from 11 to 15 and so on. Every stage throwing up different challenges that you must keep going through. But the Bible says he is the one that declares the end from the beginning. He has already declared the end that you and those children, you are for what? For signs and for wonders. You are not for shame. And so when you see what you see in between is immaterial. Keep holding to what he has told you. Hallelujah. This is how you allow the spirit of counsel to declare the instructions that you ought to take. That will help you to take delivery of the things that have been promised you. I want to close today by sharing with us two things that give us, that enhance our access to the spirit of counsel. I put them in two categories, but there are many things, but two categories. The first thing is that we must go for knowledge through study, preachings, teachings, and fellowship. You see, knowledge of the word of God is something we must continue to go for. And we go for it by study. The Bible says study to show yourself what? Approved. A workman that needs, that is rightly dividing the word of truth and needs not to be ashamed. So we must study. We must also give ourselves to preachings. Somebody said that preaching, the person is called Harry Emerson Fostick. He said preaching is personal counseling on a group basis. Everything you are hearing now in a preaching message or session like this is like personal counseling for you, but it's coming to everybody at the same time. When you allow the Holy Spirit to use the spirit of counsel to reach you, you will find a particular counsel that relates to you. Amen. So we must keep going for it. Proverbs eleven fourteen, He said, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. Safety. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You will be safe. I say you will be safe. In the name of Jesus. I was humbled by a testimony a couple of years ago. A friend of mine who lives in Scotland, follows these our programs very well, 
And he said to me, he said, David, I was a friend, childhood friend. We, we, we grew up together. We were born. I'm just a year older than him. We were born in the same place we went. We grew up in the same church. Very close friends we have been ever since childhood. And uh, he said to me, two years ago, he called me one day. He said, David, you know what? Your message last week saved me. I said, how? What happened? He said, I was almost going to divorce my wife. I said, but why didn't you call me? Why didn't you speak to somebody? He said, there was no need to speak to anybody anymore. I got fed up. He said, but as I heard your message, he said, I've I've not been able to listen for some time, but just last week, I heard what you said and how you counseled that patience overrules, love overrules and all that. He said, something touched my heart and I decided not to go on with it again. I said, thank God for that testimony. I said, but please, next time, the moment the thought comes, just give us a ring immediately. This is why we ought to join hands with one another. Don't think you are over anything. Anytime the devil wants to get you, get a brother. Say, brother, pray with me. Stand with me. I'm overwhelmed. The things of life mean that we need to count. The Bible says where there is a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Where there is godly counsel, we find safety. Look at Proverbs 15.22. He said, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are what? Established. Plans go haywire without counsel. But where there are multitude of counselors, what are the multitudes? The word of God you read. The preaching you heard. The exhortation you shared in fellowship. This is why the devil is always seeking to attack those things. The devil doesn't want believers to study. He doesn't want believers... To, to, to listen to preaching. <clears throat> he doesn't want believers to go to fellowship. The devil is always going against these things because he knows that they are the sources of the multitude of counsel that you can get. When you wake up in the morning, you read the word of God, God showed you something, you say, wow, this has helped me to know how I'm going to face the challenge of tomorrow. You come to church, you hear the message, it touches you again, it adds to that safety. As you are going down, a brother greets you and says, how is that situation you talked about two weeks ago? He says, it's still there, but we're trusting God. He joins hands with you again, and he prays with you, and he says, you know what God said to me now? Thank you. He said, you know what the Holy Spirit says to me now? He said, when you get there tomorrow, don't say anything. Just sit down and concentrate on what you've been asked to do, or whatever counsel God puts in the heart of your brother to give to you. And the multitude of that counsel gives you stability. I say to give you stability in the name of Jesus. So let us keep going for fellowship. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13. He said, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Every day is an opportunity for you to exhort your brother and for you to also be exhorted. This is why I encourage everybody to join the prayer meetings. Every morning if you can, please log on. Let us pray. Let us tap into the things that God is doing. Some of the things I hear from the brethren myself encourages me. Some of the things I hear us share and pray, those, that, those few minutes 
between 5 and 6 a.m. in the morning is really, really encouraging and it helps us to exhort one another. So I want to encourage you. These are the sources of counsel that God wants to give you so that you can be stable. And you will be stable. I say you will be stable in the name of Jesus. The church is a dynamic spiritual entity that is made up of many parts that God's divine manifestation of the Holy Spirit through the various parts are meant to help us join forces together and learn from the Spirit. The Bible says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. It's given to you, it's given to me so that all of us can profit. This is why we must make fellowship central. Whatever the devil is trying to do to make it difficult for believers to gather today, in this day and age, will continue to be destroyed. It will continue to be destroyed in the name of Jesus. The second thing is we must keep going for understanding. The first thing, we go for knowledge, but let's keep going for understanding. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 5. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. It says, counsel, let's read together. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will what? Draw it out. A man of understanding will draw it out. No matter how deep that counsel is. The Bible says in the heart of man is like deep water. And we know from Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. That the Bible says it is with joy that we will draw water out from the wells of salvation. So access to deep counsel comes in the place of joy. That is why the Bible says laughter does good like medicine. When we are a joyful people, we continue to press into the counsel of God. Everyone who is truly joyful will always have access to the spirit of counsel. This is why the devil will first want to attack your joy. When you wake up in a day, the first thing the devil will want to make you is irritated. Get your joy, get, attack your joy, attack your peace. When you lose your joy and you lose your peace, you find it difficult to hear God. You find it difficult to get into the spirit of counsel. The Bible says with joy you will draw water from what? The wells of salvation. You will continue to be joyful. I say you will continue to be joyful. And that understanding that you need to draw counsel from the deep will continue to be delivered to you. In the name of Jesus. Every time you are confused in life, switch to praise. It is not the easiest thing to do, but switch to praise. Switch to worship. Begin to celebrate God. Begin to pray in tongues and sing in the spirit. Begin to do those things and then watch the spirit of counsel come through. And he will begin to drop things in your heart that you would not have heard from elsewhere. Hallelujah. He said to Jehoshaphat, he said, you will not need to fight in this battle. Just praise me. Just celebrate me. And as they were celebrating, God began to lead. He began to bring ambushment in the, in the, in the front of all their adversaries. This is how God will attack everything that is attacking you. In the name of Jesus. Don't let the devil ever steal your joy. Don't let the devil ever rob you of your joy. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
I want to say that the spirit of counsel is what we continue. I want to conclude this by saying that it is what we continue to keep us in the race of life. The spirit of counsel will keep us in the race of life to run successfully. And you will run your race successfully. Psalm 73 verse 24. Let's read that together. Psalm 73 verse 24. Everybody together. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. The spirit of counsel will guide you daily. I said the spirit of counsel will guide you daily. In the name of Jesus. You need stability in these times. You need to stand. It will take the spirit of counsel. Before the Lord calls you home and receives you to glory, you will continue to hear his counsel on a daily basis. In the name of Jesus. You will never lack hearing from God. The spirit of counsel will continue to be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Everything God has in store for you, you will always hear about it. I say you will always hear about it in the mighty name of Jesus. You will always hear that voice behind you saying this is the way, walk in it in the name of Jesus. I'd like you to write your...